Welcome to So Tell Me What You Do. I'm Amy Hutto, a life coach who works with small business owners to stop the overwhelm and get to clarity. And if we talked, you'd know that what I love most in the world is learning all about other people's work, why they just have to do that thing they do. So join me as we talk to a different small business owner, entrepreneur, creative, or nonprofit leader each week so they can tell me and you what they do. This podcast represents the opinions of the speakers and guests to the show. The content should not be taken as advice, medical or otherwise. The content here is for informational purposes only. Because each person is so unique, please consult a healthcare professional for any medical questions. Hi, Bevan. Hi, Amy. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Bevan Lyle, and I am an attorney with a law firm that works primarily in the areas of real estate, estate planning, probate called Dale Hudson Lyle. And then I'm also co-owner of Murray County Title, which does residential and commercial real estate closings. So Bevan, as an attorney who works in probate and real estate, it sounds like, tell me what you do. I solve problems. That is kind of the crux of everything I do. I tell our staff, nobody is here on their best day. Even our first time home buyers are scared out of their wits. So I solve problems, whether that be title issues or real estate disputes or helping a family care for their loved one's estate or planning out an estate plan for individuals. It kind of all comes down to helping people figure out the things that they can't figure out themselves. That sounds like what it looks like for your clients. What does what you do look like for you on a day in day out basis? So it looks a little different every day. Some days it is administrative work and working on operations manuals and working through the HR process with our staff. Some days it looks like solving problems and doing title searches at the local registrar's office. Some days it looks like just sitting at my desk on my computer, drafting all day. And some days it looks like the really fun part of being in court arguing and advocating for my clients. So depending on the day, it could look wildly and vastly different from the day before. But I think, again, it all comes back down to during the day, I'm using my skills and knowledge to think through problems, come up with solutions, and essentially solve puzzles. So I think when people hear you're an attorney, they have a certain picture in mind. It probably looks a little like law and order Mm -hmm. or shiny like suits. How does that relate to what you do? That looks very different than what I do. A lot of my practice is transactional based. And so I am working through negotiations, whether that's commercial real estate deals. And so A lot of my practice is less screaming in a courtroom and more kindly talking to an individual on the phone or drafting something, meeting with clients, walking them through the process. I would say you have the law and order lawyers who are using legalese all day. And a big part of my job is translating the legal process to something a lay person like my client can understand and walking them through it. And so it requires both the legal knowledge, but also the humanity to demystify what they've seen on TV. You know, I think even just something as simple as probate 
or estate planning, when people come in and they talk about the reading of the will, I cannot tell you how many times people ask, well, when my will is read, and then we have to have this conversation that that is a trick that they use in movies and television shows to move the story along to explain what's in the document because you're not going to read a will on TV. But in reality, unless you specifically request it and have an executor who will comply with it, there is no reading of the will. So I help explain things like that and try to show people that one is probably a little simpler than they think it is and probably has more rules than they think it does. Maybe a little less intimidating, but with more substance. Yes. <laughs> so, Bevan, how did you know it was time to work as a small firm attorney? I didn't know I got a call from my law partner. After law school, I clerked with the local DA's office and prosecuted crimes there and then went into nonprofits. And then I got a phone call. He said, essentially, you need to stop doing what you're doing and you need to come work with me. And so, so I did. What made it the right choice to move away from the nonprofit world into this world? I had been looking for a way back into law and it felt like it was completely different than anything I thought I would do. I did not like real estate law in law school. My real estate professor and I did not see eye to eye my first year of law school. I have later since talked to him and we have a very good relationship now, but I never saw myself doing anything like this. And I would say a good pit of my practice is real estate based merely because we also have the title company attached. And so I think for me, it just felt like a way back to law. It felt like I was going to work with the right people. I think that was a big part of it. I looked around and they were people that I trusted to help me make that transition. And the more I actually delved into the practical part of it, the more I realized that this really suited me and I really enjoyed it. And I think what we learn in law school is really theoretical. And so I had the practical experience of criminal law and it is fast paced and exciting and different. And so when I came to work in this practice, which is more transactional based, there was just a greater awareness of practically speaking, this is something I could see myself doing long-term, even if I didn't enjoy the theoretical portion of it when I was in school. What is it about this firm, this practice, these people that makes you say, yes, I can see myself doing this long-term? I think it's the community focus. I think that's one thing that we really shared, like me and the attorneys that were in the practice and now even the attorneys team we have now, it's really that focus on not just our clients, but how can we make our community a better place? How can we do that with the cases we take, the relationships we build, the way we spend our times outside of the office, how can we best care for our people and our staff is really that community focus. And since you have this community-based practice and you get to come do this every day and 
be a small business owner at the same time that you're an attorney. What is it that you now love about doing this work? I think for me, I love helping families who might not otherwise have access to justice. I do a lot of different things, but one passion area of mine is working with local families who have air property. Maybe their property was put into a name five generations ago, and now they're trying to sell it or one branch of the family has paid the property taxes on it for years, and now they're trying to handle it. And it's a very long drawn out legal process and you can have five, 10, 30, 40 people who own this one piece of property. And so I think being a resource that helps them get the generational wealth that their family wanted them to have, but they never felt like they had the access to the legal system to do. And then I think from like on the other side, outside just the practical work I do, I think I really just enjoy being a business owner that gets the opportunity to take care of her employees. I, I never wanted to be a business owner. This is not something I ever sought out. I wanted to do well at my job. I loved my practice and I wanted the then partners to look at me and want to make me a partner. But I think after they offered me the partnership and I went home and I told my husband, I looked at him and was like, oh, I'm going to be a business owner. I never wanted to do that. I wanted to show up and do my work and get a paycheck. And I didn't necessarily want all the rest. I felt good about it. I felt good about, again, the you know people I was getting into business with. But it was not a skill set I felt strong in. It was not something I was seeking out. I just wanted to be the best lawyer I could be. And now I still am learning how to be a business owner. I don't know that I am the best, but I really enjoy the opportunity to make sure that our employees are taken care of, that they're growing, that they feel fulfilled in their jobs. And having not only that responsibility, but that privilege is something I really, really enjoy. They say with risk comes reward, but it sounds like in your case, with reward came risk too. Yes. So as you try and take care of everyone, both your clients and your employees, what's your eternal challenge? Finding enough hours in the day to take care of all the people and myself is probably my biggest internal challenge. I I struggle with that a lot. So walk me through that struggle. How do you make it work? Well, honestly, Amy, most days I don't. Most days I try to come in. I'm still a paper paper planner person. Try to list out my priorities of the day. My planner has like an actual to-do list. And I always say that once I get to the bottom of that to-do list, when there's no more lines, those are the only things I can accomplish that day. And invariably, I lie to myself. (laughs) And I have to put more things. And most of it doesn't get done. But... The big things do, but I think, I think the internal struggle is just making sure that the priorities stay priorities and that the extras don't become high priorities because they've been put off for so long. I'm lucky that I do have a great law partner who has strengths that are not my strengths. And so we work really well together and I've got a great 
partner and my husband at home to help take care of the house and the kids and all the things. But I do think I've recently just came off of maternity leave earlier this year, realizing that there are lots of people in my life who want to take care of me, but I have to take care of me. And part of that is also looking at my business and pursuing the things I enjoy, the things I want to do, and not just the things that people say you should do if you are a small town attorney. Yeah. When there's always more to do and things are never going to be done, then you have to choose to do what matters most to you. Yes. So when you have one of those days where nothing is done and there's still plenty more, what is it that makes you fall in love with it all over again? It's the people, it's the relationships. It's, it's the ability to end a day knowing that I solved at least one problem that hopefully one thing got done that made the community better. I am doing what I loved. I'm doing what I love, not just from a a space of wanting to be a lawyer, but I grew up here in the town that I practice in here in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, I was born and raised here. And I used to always say that I wanted to go to work downtown on the square. Back then there was nothing on the square other than just pretty buildings. And I I did that and then I looked around and said, okay, I've accomplished that dream. What's next? And now it's just the people who are coming here. Every person I run into at the coffee shop who, Hey, where are you from? We're from California. And they get that scared look on their face. Like, Oh, we're the people that you don't like, but people who are moving here, the people who have problems here, the people who are wanting to establish their families here and they want to come to us to help them close on their first home purchase or work on their estate plan or transfer or form their small business. And the way we get to see their evolution from either new to town or new to our firm and how we can help them figure out these little problems so that they can do what they do best, whether that's love on their families, work on their business, enjoy their homes, all of it, the people be a part of people's lives. Yeah. So who do you wish that you could reach? I wish I could reach the people who are afraid to make the call. The people who think that attorneys cost a lot of money, that maybe they don't need an attorney. The people who are afraid to make the call, who don't understand what we do. I think that so many times I run into people, it's so funny, on the estate planning side, it's people who are young families are like, oh, well, we're young, we don't need an estate plan. Or the people who are middle-aged, like, well, my kids are don't need a guardian anymore. I don't need an estate plan yet. Or the people who are older who say, well, I probably do need one now, but do I really need one? Like, I only have X amount of money. And walking everybody through, you all need an estate plan. Can I just say that? Can I just say everyone needs an estate plan? Even if you think you don't, please make a call because more likely than not, you need an estate plan, especially if you have young children. But I think what people don't realize is that when you call an attorney's office at the other end of the line is a person. I think I was sitting 
the couch the other night and I looked at my husband and I was like, I'm a lawyer. That's like kind of a thing. And I've been in this world so long that it doesn't feel like a thing to me anymore. But I realize that to some people, that's the thing. It's a, it can be a barrier. It can be intimidating. But at the same time, like I'm just a human being on the other end of the phone that might have answers to questions you might not even know you have, but that you might need in order to make sure that the things you've spent money and time on, your home, your family, your business, are taken care of. And I would like to reach the people who are afraid to make the call. So if you could reach those people, you would first tell them lawyers are just people. You don't have to be afraid. You do need an estate plan. But if you get through those two messages, what would be the other thing that you just want everyone to understand? Access matters. Access matters regardless of how much money you have or how much information you have. Access to legal work, to a legal opinion matters. And I think it's important that people realize that they shouldn't be afraid. Maybe don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make the call. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to reach out to any professional in your life, whether that's a lawyer or a doctor and be a savvy consumer and say, say what you want and realize that at the end of the day, no matter what professional you're dealing with, you deserve access. You deserve and have the right to say yes or no to any course of action or treatment. No one can take your agency. No. And you deserve the opportunity. And don't doubt that you deserve the opportunity because you don't feel like you understand what's happening. You have the agency and the ability and the right as a human being to ask questions, to make professionals explain things to you in a way that you can understand them. Because if if I am taking payment for a service I'm doing for you and you don't understand what I've done when you walk out of my office, I haven't done my job. And I've seen that so many times. People come in my office specifically with, I see it a lot with revocable trust. They'll bring a trust in. They say, I have a trust. And I ask them, what have you put in the trust? Well, what do you mean? I have a trust. I have this piece of paper. But they haven't titled an account, haven't put a home or a car or anything in the name of the trust. And then I have to tell them, you're right. You have a piece of paper. It's doing nothing. And that is an example of someone who had someone else do work for them. But they probably paid thousands of dollars for it. And they never understood what it meant or what it was. They just got it because they thought they should versus knowing if that was really what they wanted. So you're holding yourself to the standard of service. My, I'm holding myself to the standard that if I'm not advocating my clients, I said just I am unethical and I hold myself to a standard of integrity. So after doing this work for some time, what would you say is your one takeaway? My one takeaway, it was once told to me, and I, I, I see this so much, that people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I think my one takeaway is I say a lot of words. I write a lot of words. 
My clients aren't going to remember every word I've said or every word that I've written for them, but they will remember how I made them feel. They will remember if they felt understood. And that, that goes for my clients, that goes for our community partners, that goes for my staff, it goes for my family. And so my takeaway from all of it is focus on how you make people feel and the rest of it works itself out. Thank you, Bevan. I really appreciate you being here and sharing today. If people need to get a hold of an attorney, they need to make that first call that maybe they feel nervous to make. What do they do? They can go to our website, dalehuddoandlyle.com, click contact an attorney and an email box will pop up and they can email us and ask their question. Or they can find our phone number and pick up the phone. Or they can just email me directly at bevan at mealtown.law. I'm happy to answer the question. I might not be the right person for them, but we've got a really great bar here and I'll make sure that they find the right person for them. Amazing. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. If you felt inspired by what you heard today, I encourage you to take the first step towards that thing you feel called to do. If you need some help gaining clarity on that vision, reach out. The world needs more people to do the thing they love most, and that includes you. Thank you.